It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We're talking wide receivers today. 2020 version on the field for San Francisco and what it could look like maybe in 2021. It's going to be a two-parter talking about wide receivers with my guest today, Eric Crocker. Going to bring him back a third time to talk defensive backs. Looking into the draft and looking into the future, what the plan should be with these position groups. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You will get 20% off your next order. One of my favorite folks to talk to, not only about the 49ers, uh, but the draft and just football in general, knows his stuff and just an all-around good dude. Eric Crocker, former NFL, AFL cornerback. He's a professional trainer. Rise Athletics is the newest venture for Croc, and I'm super excited about all the things he's doing. Crocker Report talks about the Niners at Striking Gold Podcast, and uh, he's a genius when it comes to breaking down wide receivers, and defensive backs. You can find Croc on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Croc, how you doing, man? How's life in Arkansas? Life in Arkansas is doing is going well, man. I'm, I'm getting uh, acclimated to this country lifestyle. Man, I, I mean, I've been riding four-wheelers <laughs> out in, out in yes. big farm areas, and, uh, you know, they go hunting out here, and, you know, I'm carrying weapons around now. Like, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm getting acclimated very, very well. <laughs> You're carrying weapons. Around. Do you carry the weapon with the four-wheeler at the same time? N- nah. Okay. I fall off of it or something. That'd be advanced, and then you can go out and, and hunt some some game. What, what's the what's the game that you're hunting up there? Or so right there? now it's uh, duck hunting season. California kid in Arkansas. You obviously know the area because you went to, to college over there before you, you did the AFL and the professional football thing. But um, – I, I want to talk a little bit about the 49ers and I want to talk wide receivers today. And I want to look at, and I know I've been seeing your, your tweets and your film breakdowns of some of the wide receivers and some of the college defensive backs. And, and I love talking draft with you and we do that every year. So we're going to do that multiple times, hopefully this year, as long as you're willing to come on. But I want to start with the 49ers wide receivers first and break down what we saw there and then maybe have a plan about 
with some of these uh, college wide receivers or maybe some free agent wide receivers, how the 49ers should attack this position in the offseason. They do have a free agent in Kendrick Bourne, and I know we did a lot of work last year on wide receivers, knowing that the 49ers could draft one early. They ended up with an extra first-round pick and drafted Brandon Ayuk with it. Let's start there. And I know you were big on Justin Jefferson in the draft. I think CeeDee Lamb was your number one. He was my number two by a hair behind uh, the Alabama wide receiver, um, Blake, Jerry uh, yeah, Jerry Judy. And we were kind of both like, eh, on rugs. We liked rugs, but he wasn't in our top couple of receivers. I don't know if rugs even made your top five overall, but remind the listeners and remind me where you had Brandon Ayuk before we talk about what we saw from him on the field in 2020. So I believe I had Ayuk at wide receiver seven, which wasn't a bad thing considering I thought it was a really deep draft. Uh, four receivers. Yes, yeah, that's so, the other thing is it was a really deep draft. So we, you know, Brian Edwards was a guy I know you liked a lot, and Michael Pittman, and mm-hmm. I mean there was just a ton of receivers in this draft, and and as we saw, we saw a number of them make an impact in the NFL this year on down beyond the first round. The 49ers traded up for Ayuk, who uh, pretty clearly was an obvious perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan, and he hadn't had the best track record of drafting his guys since he's been with the 49ers, but this one was a hit. And if you trade up, you better hit on your guy. And I think they did with Ayuk. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I really like him. I, I like everything that he brought. You know, obviously, you know, he, he showed some, you know, uh, versatility. And 49ers have definitely, you know, used receivers to, you know, the best of, you know, whatever that player's skill set says he can do. Um, so, you know, he flashed some really big explosive plays. Um, some ability, obviously, the jumping over a guy, you know, against the Philadelphia Eagles was yeah. a big time, you know, wow moment. And that kind of just showed like, hey, this is the type of upside this kid has. Um, after that, I thought he did a you know tremendous job really working to get open. They did a really good job of of getting him involved heavily in the offense and making him a priority. Uh, I'd say if there were one thing I think that he could improve on is really kind of that run after catch, like being a little bit more elusive, uh, making guys miss a little bit more. You know, there's a lot of people that compare him to Odell Beckham. And I'm not saying he's Odell, but the the one thing that Odell really does that jumps out is when he catches the ball, that's when it's like, okay, now it's on, right? And I think with Ayuk, when he catches the ball, he kind of just gets tackled or, you know, unless there's really a lane, but he's missing that big explosive run after catch. I mean, aside from the, the... they call it a run play against Philadelphia, but you yeah. know, aside from that play where he hurtled over a guy, we we haven't really seen him really catch a pass in space and be really dynamic. So that's the one thing um, I, I would like to see him improve on next year. Yeah, that's interesting because we see the explosion and he was still good after the catch, but there was so many times when I thought, oh man, he's just an, an inch away. He's one play away, one move away from breaking it. And I thought I would see him break some more of those uh, plays and he never really did and he kind of got banged up at the end of the year and, and maybe he would have uh, teased with that 1,000 yard mark he ended up with 748 receiving yards at the end of the year he ended up being the 49ers leading wide receiver with his 60 catches for 748 and five touchdowns he led in all of those categories receiving for the 49ers but there was just he missed that one or two signature plays after that that hurdle that was the big one for him and after that I was like oh man he's gonna house a few more of these 
and he kind of didn't. And I think maybe physicality or maybe just mindset. You know, he's a rookie wide receiver, so he had a fantastic rookie season. But I think he might grow a little bit with the confidence there and maybe get upfield a little stronger uh, in the future. And I think physicality, the mentality of it with uh, as a blocker, and maybe even going up to get the ball in a crowd. I think that's another thing he could definitely work on is the downfield receptions and going up and using that length and using his arm length. There was a play at the end of the year where he put those antennas out there and and caught a ball near the sideline. But I want to see more of that from him because he should play bigger than he is because of his length with his arms and his legs. And we didn't really see that from him as a rookie. And we didn't really see that from him in college. So I'm not really surprised he struggled with that. I think PFF had the numbers that he was... He caught three or four of 14 contested passes uh, in his final season there at Arizona State. So it was something he definitely had to work on coming into the league, and I think it's something he still needs to work on. But, man, he flashes just uh, explosiveness for days, which is which is really exciting in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yeah, I think with a lot of what we saw, too, was he was just happy to catch the ball, right? He, You know, he had some passes go off his hands, uh, one that ended up being intercepted, but he made enough plays. And he showed enough ability to where you're like, you know what, this is the guy, right? And I'm pretty sure Kyle's looking at it like, this is a guy. He flashed while we know we drafted him, and we see he's on a trajectory of being who we think he can be. So this is going to be a pivotal offseason for him. You know, the work now is, you know, to take the next step, you got to turn it up a notch. And I think that's one thing, especially for some of these younger guys, they have to really understand that, like, you know, okay, you, you did good. You you played well. Now, how are you going to take that to the next step? How are you going to take that to the next level? And it's not just going to happen just because, oh, I'm in the NFL for another year or, yeah. oh, I'm in the system for another year. You have to really put in some serious work and take your work ethic to the next level to actually, like, work to be great. And if he does that, then you'll see kind of, you know, just another jump. Yeah, that's such a big part of the jump to the NFL. I want to talk more about that, more about Ayuk, some of the other receivers on the 49ers roster. Who should we expect back? Should they let everybody walk and just keep filtering in some draft picks? More with Eric Crocker coming up. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. You are unique, and so are your taxes. The tax code is one of the most convoluted things. It's hard to keep up with changes year to year. So being able to navigate your personal tax situation easily and quickly is paramount for a lot of people. And TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who listen to you, learn about your unique tax situations, and answer your questions. And on top of that, 
They can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you started investing and want some reassurance from an expert that you're doing things right. Maybe you're now self-employed and need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. No matter what your situation is, TurboTax Live's tax experts can answer specific questions, walk you through the process, review your return before you file, or even do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you confidence that you're uniquely you. Taxes are done correctly. Intuit TurboTax Live. File with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you. All right, Croc, back to those pesky pass catchers. It's been tough to compile a really good group of those for four years so far for the Niners going into year five. On your point about Brandon Ayuk and the development of any rookie wide receiver, really, and I think it's one of the toughest transitions from college to the NFL for receivers because when you're more athletic than everybody your entire life, you get to the NFL and you've got to be not just a dude, you got to be a dude dude. You know, you've got to be a grinder. You've got to work harder than everybody. You've got to be physical. You've got to have mental toughness. And that's why I think wide receivers are wired a certain way and they're almost kind of weirdos, the great ones, because you have to be that competitive every second that you're on the field and even when you're not on the field and the way you're working and the way you're getting ready. So, um, you know, being fast and, and being explosive and, and having things dialed up for you and having some nice little plays that Kyle Shanahan gets you in space and allows you to make some plays is all nice. But uh, can you grind when you're, you're going up against Jalen Ramsey twice a year, you know, and he's in your face and trying to be physical with you? Can you beat him in press coverage? Can you go up and catch a ball over him? Can you run through an arm tackle and score a touchdown? So it's those types of things that uh, he wouldn't be the first rookie to uh, not come into the league ready to be a true number one yet but he's got some true number one attributes definitely and you know we saw you know even a guy like Kendrick Bourne right how hard he worked last offseason just to you know maximize his skill set and have you know 50 catches or whatever he had for you know what, roughly around 600 yards or you know it was something like that that's off, off the top of my head but yeah 49 for 667 right so you know that's a really good year he had to work really hard just to maximize his potential to reach that because he's not really, you know, as explosive of an athlete as somebody like Ayuk. So now Ayuk has to work how Kendrick did during the offseason. And so he can take it to the next level. And I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, a thousand yard receiver, right? I feel like if he played all 16 games this year, he could have been really close to that this year. You know, now it's, can you, can you, you know, eventually, and I'm not saying just next year, but, can you be that guy that gets 1,500 yards, right? Like you have that type of potential, yeah. but you have to put in that type of work ethic. In. And um, that's what I'm, I'm curious to see with him. I want to get to Debo too, but you brought up Kendrick Bourne, so let's go there. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to like Kendrick Bourne's energy and seeing an undrafted guy carve out a role for himself in the NFL and end up starting some games. I was actually surprised that, that he was able to put up the numbers he did, 49 catches for 667 yards, because with Kittle... And Debo, and then a first-round pick, and Brandon Ayuk and Richie James, I thought would get mixed in a little bit more, and he ended up, you know, having having some work. He at least had one big game when he got all of Brandon Ayuk's looks, and that's another story. But um, Kendrick Bourne, he's a free agent upcoming. What what do you think the the end result is there with Kendrick Bourne? Do you think he ends up testing those free agent waters, or do you think the best place for him? is in San Francisco where he's got some trust because it's not like he's uh, some former first round pick. Uh, It's not like a big height, weight, speed guy. So I don't think he's going to command a lot of money or a lot of respect from other teams around the league that are just ready to give him a job. 
Yeah, I, I think it might end up being something like, you know, Cole Beasley. And, I, and I'm not saying he is Cole, Be Cole Beasley or that good. But if you remember, Cole Beasley, I want to say even with the Cowboys, he re-signed for like $4 million a year or something like that. And um, obviously, we see what Cole Beasley is doing now. I mean, did he make all pro or pro bowl or something like that? You know, he had a really good year. But, you know, with Kendrick Bourne, I think he he's a guy that would command, you know, something like that, right? Four million a year, maybe five, you know, if a couple of teams, you know, end up really liking him. I'm not sure the 49ers are in the position to pay that. Um, you know, so I, I think that's the biggest issue as far as Kendrick Bourne returning. I think that's the biggest obstacle there. Now, there are obviously are a lot of 49er fans who are really up and down with him. I think he's terrific, you know, for what you talked about, him being a, uh, you know, him being a, 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 you know, undrafted, you know, free agent. And, you know, really the crazy thing with Kendrick Bourne, and it's just like a Kendrick Bourne thing, you know, he left school early from Eastern Washington. You know, he didn't have to come out when he came out, but he he left early, which is like, of course, Kendrick Bourne, you left school early when you really know you shouldn't have. But, you know, he made the team as an undrafted rookie free agent. I think he's done well. I think that's two times now he's like led the 49ers receivers in yardage. So, uh, nah, man, I mean, or not this year. He was second this year. Yes, second. He, he has led the team in, what, receptions and yards, I want to say, uh, the year before Debo got there. Yeah, 2018, so, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's not saying, I mean, the numbers weren't great or oh, anything like no. that, but he, he's done very well for himself. And, you know, he has these these games. I won't even say just these drops. He has these games where he'll drop a bunch of passes, and that's what sticks out in fans' heads the most. But for the most part, over a 16-game season, he's very reliable. He doesn't get hurt. He shows up. He does what he's supposed to do. Make some catches when you throw it his way. Um, but he just might have one stinker here and there. And, and I think that's fine considering who he is, right? Especially since he had to play in a bigger role this year. You know, who was expecting Debo Samuel to miss so much time? Who was expecting, you know, George Kittle to be out for so long? So now that thrust him into like a wide receiver two position, which that's not really him. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be, you know, the fourth option of the team behind Kittle, uh, Debo, IU, and, and then Bourne. And, I think maybe that gave him a little bit more attention from coverages and stuff like that. But if 49ers are able to bring him in or bring him back in a role where he is just, you know, wide receiver three, I'm comfortable with that. I think he's solid enough for that. But, you know, wide receiver two or anything like that, I don't think anybody will look at him in, in that uh, perspective, you know, even around the league. You know, Cole Beasley is an interesting comp because that's kind of Kendrick Bourne's game, even though he's not shaped similarly to those little short slot receivers that you think about. But that's his game. He's got quicks. And I talked about he doesn't have a lot of height, weight, speed. You know, he's he's somewhat tall for a, a slot type of receiver, which is the role he was used a lot with the 49ers. But he has that quickness. I mean, he can get open. And when he doesn't have those games that you mentioned when he's got the dropsies, he can catch the ball too. But that's the thing. Is, are you paying for... Wide receiver two numbers? Are you paying for, you know, 49 catches, 667? Or are you paying for the guy who should be wide receiver three, wide receiver four on your team? And if you are, then that's fine because that's what he should be. And you would love to have a Kendrick Bourne. And if he's going to get some money on the free agent market, I agree with you. I don't think the 49ers can compete there. And I don't know that they necessarily should. Yeah. And, and I do. And I, and I will say this. In a more pass-happy offense, I think his numbers can bump up even a little bit more. Or be consistent at least with what he did this year. Right. I think he what he did with the 49ers this year was more a product of Debo and all these other guys being out. Right. So, you know, his numbers maybe were a little inflated. But I think in a team with a team that passes the ball more and maybe uses more 
uh, 11 personnel, you know, basically uh, three receivers and, you mm-hmm. know, like a running back, a team that uses more of those type of alignments, I think he can be very productive in, in, in that type of offense where they're going to throw the ball around. Uh, the 49ers just aren't that team that run more, you know, uh, two by one and all these, you know, big tight end sets. And, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of opportunity to even get on the field or, you know, as much because, you know, th- that's always plays being taken away from you. So another team, he might even be a little bit more uh, productive. Okay, a number of other wide receivers to get into from the 49ers 2020 season, including the guy who everyone expected to jump into that wide receiver one role, Debo Samuel, didn't quite work out that way. Some other names. What's the plan going forward at this position with free agents and the draft? Next. NFL futures when it comes to the draft, when it comes to coaching hires, is one of my favorite things you can bet on at betonline.ag. Bet on who the Super Bowl winner will be. A national championship game already up for 2022. And of course, where Deshaun Watson will land if he is actually traded out of Houston. And you can get in on all the action at BetOnline. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Divisional playoff round action, game props, NBA season in full swing. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's talk about Debo Samuel. What was your take on Debo Samuel's season? He was kind of banged up almost all year. It started in the offseason and then... Uh, continued on through the season, and we saw some of those games where he was a glorified running back, and they were handing him the ball any way they could to get the ball in his hands and and utilize his ability after the catch. We talked about Ayuk uh, not being as strong after the catch. Debo does not have that problem. He seeks out contact. He will run through arm tackles. He's really fun to watch with the ball in his hands, but I expected so much more from him downfield as a true wide receiver, and he was really a gadget guy all year long, even when he was healthy. And then Kyle Shanahan making some comments and, and pretty much calling him out saying, look, it's, it's up to you this off season. You've got to get your body right. You've got to be healthy for us to utilize you and provide the value that you should as, you know, maybe the wide receiver one or wide receiver two in the 49ers offense ended up only playing seven games, caught only 33 passes. He had fewer receiving yards than Richie James with 391 receiving yards. So uh, Debo Samuel is a really weird season. I don't even know what to make of it. Yeah, and out of those 30 catches, I mean, how many were past five yards down the line of scrimmage? You know, past the line <laughs> not, of scrimmage. Not very uh, many. You know, I, you know he, I, I want to say, was it the Rams game? He had six catches and they were like all at or yes. behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> yeah, those shovel passes. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, with, with Debo, he has that ability. I think some of it is just, you know, a product of the offense where you have quarterbacks where, you know, Kyle, it seems like he was trying to, you know, just get the ball in guys' hands however he can. Like, let's move the ball however we can. And, you know, at that time, for whatever reason, he felt like he was more comfortable with his quarterbacks 
doing things that were more behind the line of scrimmage. You know, there was one game, I think even it was uh, C.J. Beathard, he threw the ball four times to receivers <laughs> in, in the entire game. So those are yeah, things in that the Arizona game and they won that game too. <laughs> yeah. And they won it. But those are things that the receivers are kind of dealing with. You know, and I talked about, you know, a more pass happy offense. This is like the opposite of that. And a lot of touches are just manufactured touches or extended run plays, right? Like plays where, you know, it should be a run play, but you know, he shoveled it forward. So it's a pass play or, you know, screens, a lot of things at the line of scrimmage. So there's a lot that can you, with Debo as well. His health, right? Um, when you break your foot and you're somebody like Debo Samuel, you know, he has to work hard to be 215. And when I say that, I mean, like, if he's not working out, he goes the other way. Like, his weight goes up. There are some guys that kind of get skinnier and whatnot. He he gets heavier. And I think that might even be part of the reason why his foot broke in the first place. You know, how was he training or, you know, uh, moving around? working out how was he doing that up until the point where he broke his foot and then now once somebody like him breaks his foot and he can't it's a little bit harder to stay in shape it's a little bit harder to tone down and then you know you now it's like okay now i got i got a couple weeks to just kind of get ready and try to get ready to play and then that's where all the other injuries you know happen the, the hamstring you know multiple times so you know he he has to really uh focus in like shanahan said on really just being the best that he can be. Like, he has to really watch it. Like, not just when, okay, we're going to do Camp camp Garoppolo in Tennessee. Now it's time for me to start, <laughs> you know, watching, you know, working out or watching what I'm, I'm eating and whatnot. Like, he, he, that, that process for him needs to start right now. Absolutely. And he's so thick naturally, so that's always going to be an easy thing for him to do is gain weight. And you want to make sure he shows up looking like a wide receiver and doesn't show up looking like, Frank Gore or something like that, even though, uh, you know, it's nice for running after the catch, but he brings so much force. It's not even just weight. It's the way he moves. He, he's explosive. He brings so much force with his body on the ground. And, and you're someone who trains athletes. You were a pro athlete yourself. How do you, how do you train for that? Can you train for, for footwork to, to make, make yourself lighter on your own feet? Yeah, well, he did do some work with uh, footwork King. And I think when you think of that, like, you know, what Footwork King does and, uh, you know, that's uh, Rashad Whitfield. If you guys don't don't follow him, his name is like Footwork King on Twitter and Instagram. He's a footwork specialist and he and he really works on, you know, guys movement skills, their ability, um, challenging that as well. Debo went out there and worked with him for a while, but I, I don't know how often he did that. If it was just a one time thing or whatnot, uh, that's something that can definitely help, but he needs even more than that. He probably still has to make sure that he's watching what he eats. Richie James. What do you think about Richie James? I, he's been someone that I love on the podcast, and I always talk about him just because he was one of my shadow 49ers picks, and I, and I, uh, and I loved what I saw from him out of uh, college at a small school before he got drafted in the seventh round by the 49ers. And I've always wanted to see him more on offense rather than special teams because I think he's pretty, you know, pedestrian kick return guy and and I, he's almost gotten worse as a return man from earlier on in his career but he can make some plays on offense and it was pretty wild to see that one game and I'm drawing a blank on which week it was but Brandon Ayuk goes out late in the week and Kyle Shanahan just gave Richie James all of the Brandon Ayuk looks and all of a sudden it's like okay this guy just went for 150 yards and was wide open a bunch and made a bunch of plays and then he went back into obscurity after Brandon Ayuk came back and it was it was really fascinating to see him 
do that, both from seeing him do it as a player and seeing what Kyle Shanahan can do if he wants to force the ball to a player. Like, Kyle Shanahan can make you if he wants to, and I think he did a lot of that for Brandon Ayuk, and we talked about how he did it for... um, for Debo Samuel, manufacturing some touches. So if Kendrick Bourne leaves, can Richie James be the future wide receiver three for the 49ers? Yeah, you know, and I, I think he actually like maybe shortchanged him a few yards. I think he had maybe 180 that game, right? Yeah, he went off. It was, uh, it was, uh, I think it was as many yards as he had game? the year before. Let me double check Against on the that. Packers? Yeah. Yeah, the Packers game. Uh, yeah, so, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, he can get guys touches, he can get guys the ball. Um, it, it's just on the quarterbacks really being consistent with, with getting them there. And I think that's been, you know, a big uh, limitation to the receivers, right? You know, he's kind of turned uh, all these guys kind of into gadget guys where it's just, like, okay, let's just figure out how to get them the ball however they can. When I think even Richie James, I've talked about it. I compared him to like, you know, Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's that type of receiver, but he just hasn't had that type of opportunity to be the explosive player. Then you look at week 17, where he catches the ball downfield and it's like, there it is. Yeah. Maybe he could have been doing this all year. And that's the thing <laughs> you know? is like compared to all the other uh, wide receivers on the 49ers, his yards per catch is way up. He had 17.1 yards per reception this year on his uh, 23 catches, 394 yards, a few more than Debo. But yeah, that game, it was 13 targets. He had nine catches for 184 yards, averaged 20.4 yards per reception in that game against the Packers on November 5th. That was the Thursday nighter. And I want to say the year before he averaged like 20 yards per catch. So, you know, I think that the biggest issue with him is just the politics of football. And people like the politics, but it's like when the team is drafting these guys really high and then they have a guy like Kendrick Bourne who has just really carved out himself a, a role that they feel comfortable with, it's hard to get on the field when you're Richie James. So his way to get on the field is punt return, kick return. And obviously that was consistently not as good as you would like, you know. So I think Richie James, he's a he's a solid receiver. Like the dude, dude, dude can play, but maybe, maybe like you said, you know, Kendrick Bourne being out, this might open up a role. But you know what? There's gonna be a couple guys coming back, Jalen Hurd, uh Juwan Jennings, mm-hmm. and he's gonna have to fight through the politics of Jalen Hurd and the 49ers wanting to get their third round pick involved more too. So, you know, that's that's another obstacle that he's gonna have to deal with going into next year. It sounds like, Croc, and I'm kind of on board with this idea, is unless you can get Kendrick Bourne back on the cheap, you kind of got to let him go and and see what he gets on the free agent market. Would you be cool with rolling back next year with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Richie James, Jalen Hurd, Jawan Jennings, and then maybe, you know, a day three pick at wide receiver? Um, You know, I'd probably go day two (laughs) with the receiver. Go a little earlier? now that the 40... Especially now that the 49ers have that third round pick as well, um, with the you know Robert Sala signing uh, to the Jets, I I would I, I would probably go day two pick with receiver because I think that's a big need. And even outside of that, how much can we trust Debo Samuel to stay healthy? Mm. I don't know. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. But I know one thing: I don't want to be caught in a position where, you know, we end up like 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 last year having to play. Uh, gosh, what was his name? He was wearing number 86, uh, River Craycraft. Oh, Craycraft. Yeah, right? I didn't like, even mention him. That's probably because I, I deep down in my mind, don't want him to have to play a role at all with the 49ers <laughs> next year. You're right. That's a good call. Yeah, and we haven't talked about Trent Taylor, but, you know, those are guys oh, Taylor, that yeah. were having to play more than you would like them to have to play. And, you know, God forbid anything happens next year. Maybe they still have this COVID stuff going on or whatnot, but you you would like to have a receiver 
that has a lot of ability. And one thing I know people have given, you know, Shanahan a hard time for receivers that he's drafted, but I will say this. All his receivers that he's drafted, maybe outside of Richie James, who is a primary return guy, but the other guys, they have produced as rookies. Debo produced as a rookie. Uh, obviously, obviously, IU produced as a rookie. Even going back to um, um, Trent Taylor, yeah. he had 40-plus catches as a rookie. Uh, Dante Pettis, you know, he came on strong at the end of his rookie year with like 400 yards over the last five games or whatever it was. So he has been able to get production out of rookies. I would go that route and say, hey, let's, let's, okay, I know we're putting a lot of resources into this receiver position, but go ahead and draft you one in maybe round three or so, you know? And, you know, if you don't go that route, maybe, maybe round four, but get somebody that's talented that you believe can be on the field because as it stands right now, I don't know how much I trust a group that's just, you know, Ayuk, Debo, Richie James, and heard like yeah, I, I don't I, I don't trust that group i don't, I don't know don't if heard's even an option really and trent taylor similarly with his injuries like i don't know if you could count on either one of those guys even being at training camp let alone on the roster trent when taylor the season should be starts. A free agent, right uh is he one of the free agents too i can't remember i think he is and because yeah and so, you know, what are you gonna pay someone like he, he probably won't get much on the market and i know kyle shanahan loves him so maybe you bring him back cheap and, and see what you get and hopefully he can be that that slot machine for you but um. Yeah, and then it's like because the, there's so many of the similar type guy that run after catch, and they they could use some size, especially if Hurd doesn't come back. You do have Jawan Jennings, who's a who's a bigger guy, but he's almost a borderline tight end with his physical ability and the way he plays and the physicality he plays with. Um, but you know, I, he's a he's a wide receiver. He plays outside, but he's not like a a stretch the field type of a player. And so I struggle with if Shanahan's even going to want someone who can get down the field, and you know if. They change things up at quarterback a little bit. I would love to see that type of a player, but I think they could also use more of a gadgety type of a player who is better than Richie James as a return man that you could even blind up in the backfield. And I know Shanahan likes his versatile players that can do that. I'm interested to know, Croc, what style of receiver you'd like the 49ers to go after if they did spend a day two pick on one or even a day three pick on one or multiple picks on a wide receiver and if you have any names of wide receivers you like in this draft, I know it's early and we'll be able to come back and talk again about our big boards when it comes to the NFL draft and which players we like for the 49ers and, and really have a firm ranking of these guys. But I'm going to tease this for next time. Next week, Croc, we will get into that, do a little scouting, put our scouting hats on and talk about some of these prospects because this conversation went a lot longer than this episode. This was a three-episoder, so we'll talk a little bit more about the draft with wide receivers, and we'll talk defensive backs as well next week right here with Eric Crocker, Locked On 49ers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.